It is a welcome in Wednesday. What's happening, everybody? Hope your Wednesday's going along well so far. We are here in the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, hour number one. As always, a big thanks to Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Tim Lasher, great Sooner, great company. Heating and air needs, you have an issue there, call Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405 405- Five seven nine thirty one thirteen. Parker Thune, I have a question for you, and I have a question for the uh, members of the Ref Army today. You know, well, the Sooners officially joined the SEC July 1st. So at your July 4th parties, you can break out all the SEC gear that you have. You could do it now if you want, but, you know, an SEC-themed 4th of July celebration – might be a good idea for everybody because July 1st, the Sooners officially in every sport join the SEC. My question to you now, the decision came down that Oklahoma and Texas were leaving the Big 12 for the SEC in the summer of 2021, and it was a huge announcement, no doubt. Do you feel better, worse, or the same about that decision for Oklahoma making the move right now than you did back in the summer of 2021. Do you feel better, worse, or pretty much the same when that decision came down in the summer of 2021? What about you? I see your question and raise you a question. What's on your nose there? It's a a big uh, zit on the uh, nose. I uh, woke up. My nose was all glaring red on one side. I think there's an infection there or something. Plus, there was a little zit that popped up, which was not good. When when you transfer to the Olds Conference, things get much more difficult. Kind of like, oh, you going to the SEC. It's much more difficult in the 60-plus age group. But I've had kind of the, uh, the allergies, inflammation, all of that stuff, really for about four weeks. And I'm really smart about that. I always say, nah, I don't need to go see a doctor or get any antibiotics. I'm just going to ride this one out. It's a man's man right there. That is. It's a, either that or a really stupid man. I'm not sure which one. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – it doesn't uh, – it's not good. I'm going to change my last name to Mike Zittman. So, anyway. Yeah, Mike Zittman, is that a name I should know? Mike Zittman, that's me until this goes away. It's really annoying. So, anyway, I feel like I've gone all the way back it, in the time machine to, like, junior high school. I know, man. It must be something in the air because I had a couple of zits earlier this week, and I couldn't remember. Like, I saw them. I was like, I can't remember the last time I had acne of any kind. I don't know that it's that, but it, I know it's not a pretty sight. I basically, I walk outside, I get the same treatment as the elephant man. I am not an animal. <laughs> I am a human being. That's me. All right, so do you feel better, worse, or the same about Oklahoma's move to the SEC at this point in time? I feel better because there is no more mule shoe. Right. Okay. I would imagine many feel the same. Yeah, I think that is a key component of it. And I think those that maybe are maybe a little bit more negative about that question right now than they would have been in the summer of 2021. The thing that has affected that would be, well, six and seven. And then... I think that we're in a new era of college football when it comes to NIL. How much does tradition mean to these kids now? How much does it mean to these recruits at Oklahoma 
has won seven national championships, has won a ton of Heisman trophies, has won, you know, the conference time and time and time and time again over the years. They have, you know, as many or more All-American selections than any other school out there in college football history. Does that matter that much anymore? Or is it more about how much am I getting here? Facilities, do they matter that much anymore? Or is it all about the NIL? And if it is all about the NIL, then you're thinking about, all right, well, Oklahoma's got some pretty good resources, but how many super millionaires and billionaires does OU have as compared to some of these other schools, particularly that have a bigger enrollment and have a bigger uh, alumni all around the country? So there are lots more variables, I think, to think about. Uh, because NIL has completely transformed college athletics, and, and especially college football. And continues to transform it. Here's a good point from a listener in Tennessee. RIP rowing and track and field by 2028. Just can't afford them once the football players become employees. Yeah, and Non-revenue I, generating sports in general are going to be on the chopping block the next few years. Or they not, become club sports, right? Or they become club sports, and that's not a predicament that is exclusive to Oklahoma. You will see that across the – there are already – right. I think there are only – 11 programs in the nation right now that sponsor men's gymnastics. And so non-revenue generating sports are already very tough for many universities to continue to sponsor. That's only going to get more and more difficult, the more and more money that you have to commit to your football roster. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, I'm old. I don't like change. I still don't like it. I realize that, again, this is uh, what we're going to be dealing with moving forward now. Uh, You know, people have talked about, will these players eventually be employees of the university? How do we get to that? What has to happen with a court decision? You know, it would seem to me it would seem to me like that would have to be collectively bargained. Right. If you've got certain slots uh, for certain players and you determine their market value. I don't know how that would happen. OU's paying everybody a certain amount, but your own name, image and likeness. You know, again, let's say, well, all right, here's the here's the deal. We're going to pay everybody, everybody in the uh, in college football in Division one. $3,000 a month or something like that, plus your NIL on top of that. Well, that doesn't change much because the NIL is still the big factor. And the NIL is not, again, Spencer Rattler going out and getting a couple of uh, automobiles and signing with uh, Kane's Chicken. That's what it was for about three months. That's right. And then it became, here's how much you're going to get if you come to our university. And the way you work around that some people probably aren't even working around it because it's lawlessness out there. But the way you work around that is, yeah, come to our university, and we've got Bill, who owns a Chevrolet dealership, has a ton of money here. He's going to pay you 250000 you know, for your first year on campus. We can't pay it to you now, but as soon as you get here, you sign that NIL deal. I mean, it, it's just crazy out there. For me, I look at it, and I still think it's a great move financially. It's clearly a great move in terms of better matchups, more excitement in the stadium. There was some Big 12 fatigue going on, but no doubt it is a tougher road to travel for OU. Good point from a listener in the 918 on the text line as well. Feel Well, this is a subjective opinion, but the points they make after the fact are good ones. Feel worse. We can't compete in SEC with NIL. Should have stayed in the Big 12 and won conference championships with a shot at the playoffs. Now, I don't think it's true that Oklahoma can't compete in the SEC with NIL, but obviously it's going to be more difficult 
because the SAC is going to be where the vast majority of the money is. However, there's another side to that coin, too, which is as you make the move to the SEC, your university is bringing in more money. True. With the TV revenue sharing agreement, conference revenue sharing agreement. And so, yes, it's going to like you're you're going to have to pony up more funds in order to subsidize your roster, but your university is going to clear more as well. Here is a sad reality of the life or the uh, the uh, era of college football we're living in. I got a text from somebody who's an acquaintance and this was one day after Toby Keith passed. Okay. And you know what his question was? Oh, boy. What What's going to happen to Toby's money? And I'm like, really, dude? That's what you're thinking about now? I mean, let's let the guy, you know, let's remember the guy and what he did and how much he loved the Sooners. And within less than 24 hours, that's one of the texts that I got as a question. And I'm thinking, there is no way that question's asked five years ago. If Toby Keith had passed five years ago, it's not even a thought with anybody. But now in this NIL era, it came in less than 24 hours. Crazy. Slim Brady says, I feel much better. Saban gone 10 and 2 this past season. But if you ask me at the end of the 22 season, my answer would also be much different. Perspective is everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I think uh, six and seven kind of scared people a little bit first year. Uh, we'll see what the Sooners do. You look at Oklahoma this year, and I know there's seven and a half out there as the over and under on Oklahoma. But if you run the table at home, you're still the Oklahoma Sooners. And I know you have Tennessee, and I know you have Alabama coming to Norman this year. But you're still Oklahoma. You win those games. They're going to be hard fought, no doubt. But you win those games. You go 7-0 at home. You've got a great chance to possibly get to, to, to nine, especially, and maybe even ten. So, you know, protect the home field. Uh, you know, you should be able to go to Auburn and win. You could split between Ole Miss and Missouri. I think LSU is going to be the most challenging game on the schedule, personally. But, um, you know, protect your home turf, right? And you've got seven games there. Two are going to be big, really big challenges. But, again, you're Oklahoma. If you're playing Oklahoma Sooner football, you run the table, go 7-0, and and then, you know, You've got a great chance to get to 10. Frisco Sooner asks, guys, not to play dumb here, but does any sport at OU make money other than football? That's including women's softball. Does it even make money? As So as of right now, I don't know. What I do know is about five years ago, uh, I had this conversation with somebody that was in the athletic department and knew all the ins and outs of the budget and could give an authoritative answer. And I so at that time, as of 2018, I want to say, the sports that were profitable for Oklahoma were football, men's basketball, yes, softball, and also at the time, I'm not sure if this is still the case, women's gymnastics was actually profitable as well for Oklahoma. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think softball will remain profitable. Football will obviously always remain profitable. 
The big question is, well, is men's basketball going to stay profitable in the long run? True. All right, we got a break right here. The uh, texts have been great so far, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. The Sooners just had a revenue uh, record-setting year, but they're also spending a ton of revenue now as well. But uh, as long as Joe sees in charge, I think things are going to be in pretty good shape at Oklahoma. All right, break time right here. When we get back. I dug through the uh, audio archive today, and I found a classic from Bob Stoops. And I just want to play it again because it was so good. All right, stay with us. we got a lot more ahead. T.J. Eckerd, 135, a ton of your texts to get to as well, right here in the home of Sooner fans. All right, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder back in action tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Many of the uh, MVP lists that you see, SGA is second on that list. Nikola Jokic is usually uh, the first name with the uh, best odds right now. One back-to-back MVPs in 21 and 22. Embiid won it last year. Embiid's been injured. It won't meet the requirement of games to be played this year. So SGA has a shot to win MVP. And speaking of MVPs, the MVP of casino experiences in Oklahoma City is our friends over at Riverwind Casino. We'll be out there, of course, on Friday with live shows, nearly 3,000 electronic games, the best selection of the best electronic games. And you win a lot of jackpots out there. Plus, they have all your favorite table games. Anyone you're looking for, great poker room, off-track betting, incredible uh, promotions. Uh, the River Buffet, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, a great food court. So you've got many great dining options as well. Great concerts happening. They're back at the Showplace Theater. Next up, Scotty McCreary this Friday night. Jay Leno in March. Jim Gaffigan in March. You've got Ryan Bingham in the Texas Gentleman on Friday, April 19th. Kip Moore on a Saturday, April 20th. Chelsea Handler is coming for a show in May. Brantley Gilbert for a show in May. We've got the Beats and Bites lineup out for uh, 2024. Late spring through the summer. Always a great time outdoors at Riverwind Casino. Justin, uh, Reed, everybody over there, they do a great job. Their marketing department is, uh, well, they're the best, no doubt about it. So get out there and play with your wild card at Riverwind and get ready for some uh, big promotional drawings happening Friday night in the 80K Leap Into Love promotional drawing. And uh, Saturday, the hot seat drawings in the 60K Cupid's Mad Dash promotion. Get out there and win 60K in cash and bonus play. Get your share. And then, again, that's the Saturday night drawing. And then Friday night's uh, 80K Leap Into Love promotional drawing, the final one there. Why not get out there and win your share of that 80K of cash and bonus play? Good times always happening at Riverwind Casino. All right, so every day when I go in the production studio, um, all of the uh, sound bites that we run will be labeled like 2-21 and then the name of the clip. But many times I have to erase clips from the previous year. I'm like, do I want to save that or not? If I don't, then I get rid of it. But this was Bob Stoops again. This is right after the Mule Shoe uh, exodus. And I listened to it again, and I like, Bob just absolutely knocked this out of the park. So a salute again to Bob Stoops. This was uh, about two years ago or so, and here's what Bob said. Talking to our fan base out there, I'm talking to our recruits out there, I'm talking to our players' parents out there. I've had multiple meetings already with players, uh, going out recruiting tonight. And the message to all of you is, listen, when I, I arrived here in December 1, 1998, there was something to be concerned about, a lot to be concerned about. Four straight years without a winning record, no bowl games, da-da-da-da-da. 
Two years later, we were 13-0 and won the national championship. This place is in a hell of a lot better shape than it was in December 1, 1998. All right, we're, we're a perennial top 5, 10, 15 team every single year. All right, we're, we're, we're playing that kind of football. This job is going to attract the very best in the coaching world, and they're already lined up and calling. Calling Joe, hitting people the way they do. This is a real job. This is a great job, a great university with great leadership. And so our, all of you fans, and again, player, parents, everyone, just understand, give it a little bit of time, and you're going to see this is just a little bump in the road. There's not one guy, one person in the history of this program that's bigger than the program. Coach Switzer, myself, or Lincoln Riley. And what I told the players is they are the program. Players throughout these decades, they are OU football. There you go. I Arguably, that is the greatest speech moment for a coach behind a mic in OU sports history. Pretty pretty powerful, again, to hear that back. Because we even got a da-da-da-da-da from they, Bob. You know what TJ did? He turned that into a Christmas carol, of course. Yes, TJ, I do recall come that. Come on, how, would you, how could you do that to Bob Stoops? It's actually pretty good. And I know TJ said, ask Steely about his zitted up nose today because it's really bothering you. Yes, he did. So, thanks, TJ. Thank you, TJ. Uh, But anyway, that was just an absolute grand slam home run right there from Bob. Who would have thought, you know, we've all seen that picture of Bob playing uh, defensive back for the Iowa Hawkeyes, flying through the air trying to get a tackle in on Billy Sims in 1979. Who would have thought at that time that Bob Stoops would end up being one of the greatest Sooners of all time? Life can take you to places you don't expect. But I'm trying Pistol to Pistol think... Steely can certainly attest to well, that. Well, and here's the deal, by the way. Um, great moments behind the mic. One, we talked about last week, a bunch. Billy Tubbs, of course. That one's up there in, like, the top five. But I, I think what Bob did that day, because everybody was like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? You're going to the SEC. There are all these rumors about Riley to LSU. I'm not going to LSU. And then he's off to USC. What's going to happen? Bob Stoop stood there and calmed Sooner Nation. Slim Brady. Bob was spitting facts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> The indecisive suit of the Bob father forever has our honor and respect. Yeah. And for him to, you know, coach the Alamo Bowl and all the stuff that he's done. Has Bob been coaching the Alamo Bowl was not the greatest commitment that he made throughout that whole process. The greatest and most honorable commitment that Bob Stoops made throughout the week that Oklahoma was without a head coach, was the sit-down meetings that he went and had – in the homes of recruits and their families. Yeah, because absolutely. Because that was crucial. It was actually, it, it was funny. Uh, Brandon Drum and I were recording an episode of the Under the Visor podcast earlier today, and that was something that uh, we were talking about. Not Bob specifically, but just the reality that there were many members of that 2022 class that were very actively wavering in their commitment to Oklahoma because of the turmoil. Understandably so. Kobe McKenzie flipped to Texas. You remember that? Yeah. And so... Bob, not only did he coach the bowl game, and obviously that is a substantial undertaking. I don't want to diminish the significance of that. you got to lead 15 practices as well. But just kind of having the, the perspective that I do on how exhausting the recruiting process can be for coaches and how much energy they have to invest into 
traveling and having in-person meetings with kids and their families, especially down the stretch in a given recruiting cycle, and to throw on top of all of it the chaos of having lost a head coach in completely unexpected fashion. And there was a lot of reason for anybody committed at Oklahoma to Oklahoma at that time to be very, very uncertain. And there was nobody better to go and quell the waters than Bob Stoops. Yeah, it was great. And uh, like I said, I think that Bob Stoops was kind of the superhero of that moment for Oklahoma football to uh, go out there. I can still see the pictures. I think uh, there was one with he and Kale, and I think Gavin saw Chuck and a lot of others out there. So, um, yeah, he uh, he did uh, great work during that uh, unsettling period for Sooner fans. So, just seeing that clip in there today, I thought, you know, i got to put save on that. got to put save on that clip because that one's one of the best. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. BSB here, says a listener from the 580. I have it on good neutral authority. The only way any sport is making a profit is through the media. That is football and basketball. Even softball has been losing. Well, I mean, you got two primary ways of generating revenue, right? You got ticket sales and you got media rights. And when you look at it from that perspective, what sporting events at Oklahoma draw large enough crowds to make themselves profitable mostly or solely off of ticket sales and really the only answer to that question is football and softball those are the two programs that regularly sell out their respective venues yeah and the uh, sooner women a week from friday will be moving into uh, love's field for the uh, home opener again a week from this coming friday that so. led board's really cool oh my gosh yeah. the oklahoma shaped yeah, led board yeah, beautiful touch no question. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Again, uh, 405-651-3439. Let's take a break right here. We'll come back. We'll get some more texts in. Uh, Sooner Baseball loses last night to uh, Dallas Baptist University 11-7. They've got a four-game set with Wright State coming up Friday through Sunday at Mitchell Park. The uh, Sooner women, Jenny Baranchek and company, went on the road uh, Cincinnati, 95-87, to 87, and uh, they've got Bedlam coming up Saturday, hosting Oklahoma State um, on Fox at 1 o'clock. Sooner men, of course, in Stillwater for a 3 p.m. tip on ESPN2 against Oklahoma State. And the OU softball team, Friday night, they start playing the Mary Nutter Classic at California. Two games Friday night, 7.30, Mississippi State, 10 p.m., they play Wisconsin. Five games in the Mary Nutter Classic for the Sooner softball team. Stay with us. Coming back Wednesday edition, Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans. All right, we've got to make the uh, Bob Stoops clip today, our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central does a great job. Their Saturday injury clinics are the best. They have clinics uh, in Norman and Midwest City. They've had those for a long time now. They're in the Tri-City area as well, Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. They're full-service clinics, treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries better than anybody else. All right, 405-651-3439. Asking you a question because uh, OU officially goes into the SEC in everything July 1st. And not like they're in now and anything, but officially Oklahoma is in the SEC July 1st. Do you feel better, worse, or the same about this decision 
for OU moving to the SEC. How do you feel? Let us know. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. A listener in the 580 says, again, I enjoy softball, but when you figure the expenses, softball has been losing money. Hopefully going to the SEC and the new ballpark, it will get enough media coverage to show a profit. Hey, OU softball gets a ton of media coverage. A lot. I, I mean, thought, like, and I'm not questioning, because you're not the only here one. Here anyway. You're not the only one that has texted in and said that you've been told softball is no longer profitable. I'm not trying to question you, but I, I would be surprised. Like, wouldn't you, with as much coverage as there is, as well attended as those games are, I'd be surprised if softball wasn't profitable. I guess I'd, I'd wonder how. Probably all about the expenses, right? You know, maybe. I, I, I don't know. But I know this. Softball is awesome. And they're currently off to a 9-0 and start. And as I said, Patty's press conference the other day, it's not the, part, uh, the fault of her, but they still got to get that audio better. You're the University of Oklahoma softball program. I know these people that go there with their, you know, blogs and whatever. They don't care about the quality of the audio. They'll put anything out there. But it needs to be with a malt box situation because OU softball has the highest standard of any program in the country. Just saying. I'm not saying it's horrible, but you know me. I'm a stickler for really good audio. Not this. Here's how I should open the show every day. Five feet away from the microphone. Here's what it would sound like. If I'm where I should be, this is what it sounds like. Instead of, I'll just talk, well, you know, we feel really good about our pitching staff right now. You've got to be next to the microphone. These people are afraid. I know Patty Gasso is the queen, but guess what? You can put a mic up close to her. And if she leans back a little bit during a press conference? Here's the problem, Steely. You know what I'm saying? Here's the problem. Which, by the way. Don't if, settle for bad audio. If anybody in the athletic department is interested in bringing on an audio engineer to resolve issues such as this, Steely will throw his name in the hat. Or rather, I'm throwing Steely's name in the hat on his behalf. But also, you know what the problem is, Steely? The problem is that the COVID-19 pandemic drastically reduced everybody's standards for what is acceptable broadcast audio oh yeah quality and broadio or, or, and broadcast video quality well what surprises me is a lot of these people who cover this stuff they're journalism graduates you know whether it's electronic or whatever but i'm just telling you and nobody cares about this so i'm going to stop my old man rant but if i brought that audio back when i was first starting out of the business to tim Gregg or james who was here or tim stevenson whoever they would say what is this oh yeah this well, is I your mean, this is your audio right here i mean you've got patty gasso way back here talking about her team and they would say you know what go back we're going to set up an interview with whoever that was and you're going to do it again because that's not good enough similarly Back when I was in J school, right, if I had submitted a package that included a snippet of a Zoom interview yeah. to my news director before COVID, he would have said, get that crap out of here. But then, of course, COVID happened, and then everybody across the industry realized, oh, well, hang on. Everybody has gotten accustomed to lower quality, lower standards for audio and video, we can probably get away with See, doing it this way and saving a buck. With a Zoom call, I'm I'm fine with that or whatever because it's just not going to be the quality. 
You know, it's just not going to be. But when you have a press conference situation, um, you know, and people are there, it, it just should be better. Like I said, nobody cares, but, you know. Panhandle Sooner is upset. Okay. Panhandle Sooner says, this is no longer NIL. This is pay to play. You're right. To continue forward with that mindset is asinine. The further this goes, the further we get from what everyone wants as college football. And I don't see how this is sustainable. If it's totally based on donors, it's not profitable for the donors. And eventually, there's only so many times to cut the pie before there's nothing left. We've gone from getting their fair share to canceling other sports. If we had Big 12 fatigue, there will be NIL fatigue. And this is coming from an NIL supporter. Well, to me, like I said, that that is the biggest question moving forward. And Brent has recruited very well. I still think Brent's uh, going to be a really good hire. I love what he stands for. I love that he, you know, this is more than just making great football players play at the highest level effectively, but it's more about young men, relationships. That pays off down the road, hopefully. But the question is, will an NI NIL, look at me, give me mine culture, eventually be the winning culture. I don't think it will, but if it if it does become that, then, you know, college football is not going to be a lot of fun down the road. A listener in the – well, actually, first, let's go to this one from Big Rich and OKC. LOL, I don't care how much money softball makes – 62 in a row, three natties in a row. Patty, spend what you want. I agree. I agree. Corey Max says, everybody complaining is still going to be watching on Saturdays. And, yeah, people will still watch. Oh, yeah. College, I mean, football is football, right? College football is college football. The University of Oklahoma is still the University of Oklahoma. You know, and college football has never been completely pure. We know that, right? OU's been on probation. OSU's been on probation. A lot of schools have been on probation. But now, it, it again, if it becomes the enrollment at Oklahoma and the alumni around the country for Oklahoma, it's pretty significant. Sure. But it's not Michigan. It's not Notre Dame. It's not the University of, dare I say, Texas, Right. And at some point, it also, to a certain extent, becomes a numbers game. And I don't know how many huge donors that OU has. But let's say you're Wallace Marsh, who's a great Sooner, great dude, uh, contributes a lot already. But how many times can you call him, right? And probably Wallace is, I would imagine, probably said yes just about every time, however he can help. But... Sometimes you can't keep going to that well over and over and over and uh-huh. over again, right? Uh-huh. No so, doubt. I don't know. Frisco Sooner says, guys, it's really sad, but you would have to think that baseball is a prime candidate to get the axe in coming years. That's a sport that is really expensive, has a large roster with lots of games, and lots of travel with hardly any revenue. I disagree with you on that, Frisco Sooner. I think even if it remains unprofitable, the athletic department will continue to sponsor baseball as a sport and that's because you look at their recent success under skip johnson they were the national runner-ups in 2022 yep right they just sunk what 30 million dollars into facility upgrades so ou baseball is getting a facelift their investments being made into ou baseball and i don't think you are making 
forward investments such as those, if there is any thought in the heads of the powers that be that the baseball program is going to be shuttered. Before yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, and, uh, you know, the thing is, man, it's really expensive, too. Because you've got a ton of expenses. Like I said, OU had a record-setting revenue year. But they also, I believe they did the same thing with expenses. Because in this day of keeping up with the Joneses or the Blue Bloods and the big programs in college football, as soon as you finish one project, you better start thinking about the next. Right? And how you're going to fund that. So, it's, uh, like I said, I, I hope we don't get 10 years down the road and go, man, what were we thinking? This is not good. I mean, are you not already thinking that to a certain extent? Uh, yeah. I know I am. Yeah, and I, look, I'm the old here, and I'm, it's for me to think that, right? I'm a slippery slope guy, but I think a lot of people, it's just an uncertainty because college football has been the sport that we've loved the most because it's an entire day activity, right? Uh, people plan around weddings around college football. Don't you dare get married during an OU football Saturday. Tailgates relationships that have been built over the years around college football. It is the best time of the year. And I, I just hope we don't destroy it down the road. I, I think we're going to be fine for a while, but we'll see. Here's Dan on the text line. My takeaway from going to a few ball games the last couple of years, football and basketball, is that our crowds need to get younger going to the, into the SEC. Every athletic event I see on TV in the SEC looks like a crazy environment. And that, folks is my biggest argument as to why you don't build a new basketball arena off campus. Well, it probably young people, Thune, like yourself. You're, you're not one of them, but they're on tickety-tock and hippity-hop, and they're taking pictures of themselves all the time. They don't have time to go to a game. They got to get their, you know, their clicks and their likes, making them videos and all that stuff. Go to the games. Yes, I would agree with that. All right, let's break right here. Thank you again to uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. The uh, text line is just flying, as always, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Does tradition mean anything anymore? Will it mean as much? It certainly doesn't mean as much right now. But to this generation, how much does it truly mean? We'll talk about that when we get back as well. I'm laughing here. I'm laughing here. I'm watching uh, Outside the Lines on ESPN. I'm not sure who their uh, guest. Fran Fraschilla is one of them. He's on a Zoom, and he, you know, he looks, you know, all right. He's good lighting and everything. The other dude they have on there looks like a silhouette. <laughs> I mean, we were just talking about the lack of quality now, how the standards have completely gone way downhill. Is he not one of those people that wants his identity obscured? No, it's not like a murder investigation. They're just talking about college basketball. Oh, but okay. there's one guy on there, and it it almost looks as bad as just a shadow, a silhouette. Anyway, 405-651-3439. I don't think – I just need to be quiet about this because I don't think anybody cares about standards that much anymore. Certainly not in – well, that's the problem, though, Steele. I know, this but they don't want some the... old man with a zit on his nose complaining about it on the radio, right? Well, they can't see the zit on your nose. Well, but only TJ, TJ revealed it and said, hey, ask Steely about this. Uh, he's got some kind of zit on his nose, some allergy or something. Ask him about it. Because I opened up in grand fashion. We want to know 
Do you feel better, worse, or the same about the Sooners heading to the SEC next season? And Parker came back with, let me ask you a question, Steely. What happened to your nose? And I knew immediately T.J. Perry T.J. Perry has too much influence around here. He just lives to watch the world burn. We were talking about, I think, the greatest story I've heard about things that have happened here, my favorite story. And I have someone, it was KNOR way back in the day, but my favorite story by far is the fact that Sonny Galloway was driving up here to kick Drake Dykin's ass. <laughs> I mean, just the middle picture of him headed this way because Drake had said there was some kind of snafu. Drake was sitting back. It was like He was like very early in his career here. And I, I don't know who was asking the questions at the time, but there was some kind of deal. If the, if the phone line was punched up a certain way, you would not just hear the host's voice, but you would hear anything in the background of the control room. Oh, wow. So Sonny Galloway said something like, you know, they'd just been like lost two or three or got swept in a weekend series. And he said, well, you know, we're still feeling good, you know, blah, 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 blah. And Drake said in the background, well, that's an effing lie. And Sonny Galloway heard it, and, like, I guess he just stopped, like, in his tracks, like, what? Thinking that was on the air, but it wasn't. And next thing you know, Sonny's headed that way, man. Look out. And of all people to come after, Drake Dykin. That, to me, I don't know, that story. So did Sonny ever make it? Uh, he didn't make it, apparently. He turned back around. I, uh I don't know how far he got, but it was apparently resolved. And Drake had to issue some apology and everything. Dang. So Sonny owes Drake one. Apparently, P.J. Mills was ready to defend his friend, former Sooner wide receiver. P.J. Mills was, was ready to step in. Oh, my gosh. So good. All right. Let's get back to the uh, text line. KW918 says, just my opinion. But we can either face the fact – the college athletics will never be what it once was and get on board doing our part to help the University of Oklahoma in this new age, or we can relish our history and how we used to be a blue blood. I, you know, I think K-Dub hits the nail on the head right there, you know, uh, because I don't see it changing. I mean, could they rein in NIL some way? I just don't know how that stands up in the courts, and the only way you can, uh, you know, put parameters on it or guidelines is – probably by a collective bargaining agreement. And I don't think a lot of those guys are going to go. You think Caden Green's dad would go, yeah, let's collectively bargain a cap. I don't think so. There are too many uh, these parents out there, too. What was it uh, the coach at Liberty said uh, LSU spent $300,000 on uh, one of the receivers and they thought they tampered with him, too? Oh, really? Is Missouri going to get hit with tampering? Well, that'd be great if they did, but I don't know. Here's the thing. And, yes, you and I and everyone else can bloviate all we want about how college football needs reform, but odds are we aren't going to get any meaningful change that satisfies people. And you know there's a Tom Petty lyric for everything, Steely. And one of Tom Petty's deep tracks uh, includes the lyric, If you reach back in your memory, a little bell might ring. About a time that once existed when money wasn't king. Hmm. Unfortunately, yeah. that time is not the present because every decision that gets made these days gets made in the name of making more money. 
Yeah, look, the SEC move was not about we need to play a better, you know, a higher level of football because that will get us over the – it was about money, and that was one of the byproducts. Again, yeah, Oklahoma probably facing an SEC schedule and becoming more of an SEC-looking roster will be able to win uh, some of the championships that they didn't win because they were too wimpy on defense in some, certain situations and got beat up on the at the line of scrimmage. Everything else they were pretty good at. Cruton Therapist on the text line says, Tradition mattered more when the greatest benefit a top student-athlete was receiving was a free education. That is no longer the greatest benefit, so tradition and loyalty take a backseat. Again, I think that's pretty accurate you gotta, right now. And here's, here's another issue, and Cruton Therapist kind of hit on it there. you you got to go out of your way these days to hold yourself to high academic standards if you're a student-athlete. Because you can take the easiest road imaginable if you want to for four years or even longer. Right? Like uh, Stetson Bennett never graduated from Georgia despite sending, spending six years there. And so you can take the path of least resistance, and obviously very few professors are going to actually call you out on BS and potentially fail you because, well, you're an athlete and you know you're supposed to be – as a professor, you're supposed to be mindful of student-athletes and the commitments that they have outside of the classroom. So you're supposed to treat them with a little bit more leniency, like this is a real thing. And so, yes, the NIL era certainly affects college football, and we all see that, but it also affects academic rigor for student-athletes. All right, 405-651-3439. Keep those texts rolling in. We'll talk more about, uh, you know, Sooner football, that's usually the main course that is the steak on the uh, on the plate. Everything else is kind of a side dish, but we've got some side dishes to get into today. want to thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring hour number one. Get out to Riverwind Casino today. Play with your wild card. Get ready for the big drawings Friday and Saturday night. We're coming right back with hour two. Happy to be talking to you on this Wednesday. We want to thank Black Thunder Roofing for bringing you hour number two here on The Ref, locally owned in Norman and Edmond, blackthunderroofing.com, 405-473-8028. They also serve Shawnee, Yukon, and Mustang. Black Thunder Roofing, your local roofer, Angie's List Super Service Award winner, four different times. Black Thunder Roofing can do it all, a one-stop shop for customers looking for one contractor. I got an interesting uh, question from a buddy of mine. What's that? Steely, who would be your Mount Rushmore of SEC football? We are having that conversation at work. Well, I mean, if I mean, if you go with coaches on the Rushmore, you've got to have Bear Bryant, Nick Saban, obviously. But if you're just going with players, Bo Jackson. Herschel Walker. Let's see. Bo Jackson, Herschel Walker. And we're talking, you know, doesn't include Oklahoma and Texas right now. Um, Peyton Manning. What 
And Tim Tebow, no. <laughs> wow, you didn't go with Tim Tebow, huh? I, definitely for me, Herschel Walker, Bo Jackson, probably Peyton Manning, even though he never won a Heisman. Charles Woodson won. And, uh, you know, had an issue with Florida. But the question is, who becomes the fourth member of that Rushmore? You may not disagree with my other picks. Alabama. See, I don't have anybody from Alabama on there. You would think if you had to pick one Bama player, who would it be? I don't know. There have been a lot of good ones. Yeah. A lot of real good ones. Uh, Corey Max said Cam Newton. He definitely warrants consideration. Derek Thomas, Mojo Eraser, yeah. Pretty good one. Cam Newton. I think part of the Cam scam – Joe Namath, in terms of just a big name, you know, but he didn't want a Heisman. I, Joe Namath, again, won a Super Bowl, but do you do it specifically for college? What about somebody like Darren McFadden from Arkansas or Steve Spurrier? Man, is there somebody else that we're leaving out? Tebow's got to be on mine. Debo was, and I know he didn't do a whole lot at the NFL level. Yeah, but he was a force. Just at like Florida, Danny Werfel was a great college quarterback, but wasn't a great NFL quarterback. Derrick Henry says uh, the seven two zero. So, but again, I think I'm definitely going with Bo Jackson, Herschel Walker, Peyton Manning, and the question is, who is the fourth one? What about Emmett Smith at Florida? Pretty good one, yeah. Galen Hall, former Sooner offensive coordinator, coached uh, Emmett at Florida, I believe. That's my memory escapes me. So, and if you went with coaches, you would have to go with Forrest Gump. <laughs> I like that, Mark. Uh, yeah, we're just talking football here. Just football here. 405. Yeah, you could do a basketball one, too. But um, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, Pat Sullivan won a Heisman. Bo Jackson won a Heisman. Uh, Tebow won a Heisman. Uh, to me, it's still, again, Herschel Walker at Georgia. He was just huge back in his day. Um, Midzu doesn't count. Um, Old Miss, Archie Manning. Pretty big back in the day. How about Jadavion Clowney at South Carolina? Oh, man. He was the biggest thing in college football for half a second there. Not on any Mount Rushmore's, though. Yeah. Joe Burrow, man, pretty good. I, you know what? I, I might go with Arch Manning. Yeah, look, Archie and, Manning. And that's that's why I don't even entertain Cam Newton being in that discussion because Cam Newton's legend was born off a single season. And if you're going to elevate a guy to that conversation based on a single iconic season, a single prolific season, no one in the history of college football has ever had a more prolific individual season than Joe Burrow in 2019. By any measure, that is the greatest single season in the history of college football for a quarterback. And he won a national championship, went 15-0. Yeah. and 0. That was as close to perfect as you're going to get. Terry Bradshaw, he was Louisiana Tech. Not LSU, Louisiana Tech. 720 is arguing a lot for Derrick Henry when the Heisman was the top NFL back. Yeah, I mean, look, that's a good one. Julio Jones, Bobby Boucher. <laughs> Big Rich and OKC said, that's two, Parker. Quell and Bloviate. I am now much smarter. Thank you, good sir. 
Yes, come for the sports talk. Stick around for the vocab words. All right, I want to make mine official. John Hanna, that's an excellent call as well. He was one of the greatest offensive linemen in the history of football. John Hanna. But I'm going to go with mine would be Bo Jackson, Herschel Walker, Peyton Manning, and Archie Manning. But, you know, old school for me. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. We had a listener asking earlier, and I lost the text, so I can't read it verbatim. But we had a listener asking earlier when OU is going to hire their new special teams coordinator and asking why it has taken so long. And, well, I guess the simple answer as to why it has taken so long to replace Jay Nunez is because, A, the Sooners weren't really counting on Jay Nunez leaving. And then, B, this was a very coveted job. And there were a lot of applicants and a lot of interviews conducted. I think at this point I know who the hire is going to be. There is, in essence, a leader in the clubhouse right now. Nothing is official. But subscribers at OUinsider.com know who is in line, the favorite right now, to be the next special teams analyst at the University of Oklahoma. Special teams analyst coordinator. I'm not really sure what the title is going to be. It might just be Jay Nunez's old title, senior special teams analyst. It may be special teams coordinator. Either way, uh, it's not going to be a guy that is among the ranks of the 11 on-field coaches. That's going to be an off-field position. That's not what I heard. I heard Clark Stroud's coming back to Norman and wants to, to coach apologize, special teams? coach special teams, and do those Friday videos that he used to do. Him and Roy Manning. <laughs> you know, the only thing, those videos in the vehicle on Fridays that he came out, everybody was like, man, those are good. They had, everybody would retweet them and everything. And <laughs> The minute he went to USC, those were the most cringeworthy videos I've ever seen in my life. They suck. Perspective is yeah. everything. Oh, yeah. It was like you look back at some guy's timeline. He'd like retweeted every one of them every Friday. Those were the worst. All right, 720, we will give you Derrick Henry. We'll replace Roger Staubach from Navy and the SEC. Tony Dorsett was at Pitt. I think they were independent back in the day. Yeah, some of these names that have gotten thrown out. Yeah. It's just like these are very obviously not SEC football. We, we were just talking. Somebody uh, texted me. They were having the uh, argument at the office about who would be on the uh, SEC rush, Mount Rushmore of uh, college football players that played in the SEC. So, uh, so anyway. Okay, 405-651-3439. What are you hearing about – off-season workouts. I mean, you never get Well, we hear the off-season workouts are going horribly. But is there anybody <laughs> that's been standing out? Well, I, I'll say this. I have heard some negative stuff. Really? Not, none of which I'm going to share. Don't because, you make a scale that paywall again. No, paywall I, I, it's stuff I wouldn't even share behind the paywall, Well, Because that stuff hint. doesn't need, No, no, absolutely who, who not. Who is dogging it? No. There's a 0% chance I'm even hinting. Do you see what he just did? Well, I've heard some bad stuff behind the scenes. No, listen, let me explain this. There is a reason that none of the negative things I hear will ever see the light of day, whether behind the paywall or in the public eye. That's because you're sunshine pumping sooner, boy. That's why. And that is because fans in general, particularly Oklahoma fans, tend to form opinions based on, well, first impressions and 
a very small group of facts. So basically, somebody what, can't bench 150 is what you're saying. Basically, I don't want to give fans a reason to have a strong distaste for a player for something that does not happen on Saturdays or is not really even pertinent to what happens when the pads go on. Okay. So I get you. I get you. I've, I've heard some stuff that concerns me, but it's also February. Plenty of time for kinks to get worked out with some of the individuals that, let's just say, are not taking it as seriously as they probably You're should. You're the guy in high school, man, in the hallway saying, man, I heard some stuff about your girl. You better be. <laughs> you better be. Watch your back, is all I'll say. What did you hear? And I just heard some stuff, you know. Just heard it. Watch your back, man. I'm hearing some bad things. What? Well. Listen. Did I, you do that in high school? No, I did not. Okay. I did not engage in that type of activity. But, look, I bring that up to say that, well, I, I, I guess to emphasize to everyone that it's not all sunshine and roses. Okay? Yes, we hear things that are not so great about workouts. We hear things that are not so great about specific players. It's not a case of everything that is going on is amazing and fantastic, and Oklahoma's going to contend for an SEC championship and a national title this year because every single one of the 85 dudes on scholarship are 100% bought in and getting better every single day. I saw the tug-of-war video. It looked like there are a lot of strong kids out there. And there are. So, And this freshman class in general has really, really impressed. Reggie Powers and Michael Boganowski at the safety positions, two guys that uh, sources within are very very impressed with in particular Xavier Robinson mm-hmm. been a lot of positive buzz for him Dion Burks the Purdue transfer he's turning heads which you would expect uh, real excited to see how much Caden Woolard factors into the rotation at defensive end there's a lot to be excited about and I like there's a lot what more about good David that. Stone what about David Stone? what are you hearing nothing but good things. has he already benched 527 times or what he actually benched 554 times. Okay. All right. Do, 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 do. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of like the recruiting class. Nobody, well, you know, summer, how's summer workouts going, Coach? Well, we suck. I mean, Jim Moore might have said that back in the day or something. But most coaches are going to say, yeah, they're going great, man. Everything's good. Kind of like the recruiting class. Man, we got some tall – these guys can't play. The guys that we got, well, the best we could do, man. And here's a great example of that phenomenon. When Jaden Gibson dropped the pass last year to end the spring game, mm-hmm. I can remember instantly people were running to the message board saying, get him the hell out of here. Don't want him at Oklahoma anymore. He can't catch anything. He is a waste of a roster spot. He's not clearly not taking this seriously, not right in the head. Get him out of there. And then what happens? Jaden Gibson hits the field in the fall, and in the snaps that he's given, he's one of o- Oklahoma's most impactful wide receivers on a per snap per catch basis and so and that was a guy that everybody had written off in april because of things that they did see so i don't want to give people any reason to write a guy off based on things that they don't see yeah well mark clayton got to you he was like what was he like 510 135 pounds or something then he became jacked up but he End of his career at Oklahoma, one of the best uh, wide receivers in college football, went on to a good, solid NFL career. All right, let's take a, a timeout right here. I want to thank again uh, Black Thunder Roofing for sponsoring hour number two. 
405-473-8028. Operating in Norman and Edmond. Also servicing Shawnee, Yukon, and Mustang online at blackthunderroofing.com. All right, we will head back to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line here in a minute. T.J. Eckert on the way at 135. I was uh, trying to find Drake Dykin to bring him in here for a brief interview on the uh, near rumble between he and Sonny Galloway back in the day. But maybe we'll save that for another day. Tomorrow out at Cavens Group, Friday out at Riverwind. And, you know, if you're in your 40s or older, if you're one of the real olds like me and you're thinking about improving your eyesight, let me introduce you to the new LASIK, or as we call it, lens replacement. Lens replacement provides a permanent fix to your eyesight needs, unlike LASIK, which many times will leave patients needing those reading glasses or adjusting to monovision. Lens replacement can eliminate the need for additional eyewear after your surgery. And the best part of the whole deal with lens replacement, you will never need a cataract surgery. Lens replacement, the new LASIK, it's a major leap forward in vision correction. So if you're ready to see 2020, then check out the new LASIK available at thenewlasik.com. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, basketball Saturday, 3 o'clock. We, we're doubling up on Bedlam. The ladies will play at 1 p.m. That'll be on Fox, by the way. Sooner women hosting the Cowgirls and then the Sooner men in Stillwater to take on uh, the Cowboys at 3 o'clock on ESPN2. This feels like a must-have game. If you're going to the tournaments, feels like a must-have game because you've got to go to Iowa State, Hilton Coliseum, probably not going to win that one. You've got Houston at home, probably not going to win that one. You've got Cincinnati at home, that one's very winnable, and then you have to go play Texas in Austin to close out the season. So, um. I mean, if, if, particularly if you think they need to get to eight, you, you've got to win this game this weekend. And the question is, you know, Hughley, I would say, I, I mean, we don't know yet. Suarez, I think, has a chance to come to play possibly this weekend for the Sooners. It was great that they got, uh, you know, they, they get the week off. Hughley, we'll have to wait and see. But doesn't this one feel like, man, Bedlam or bust for the tournament? Bedlam win or bust? Yeah. I don't think it's quite that cut and dried. I don't think this team has to win this weekend in order to make the tournament. I believe they get to 20 wins regardless of the outcome this Saturday. And I think 20 wins in the Big 12 gets you in the tournament, regardless of who and where those wins come against. But I will say this. If you don't win the game this Saturday... It's going to be very difficult to get your fan base juiced up for your first-round matchup once you're into the field of 68, playing in the round of 64, because what your fan base is going to regard this team as is a sitting duck that snuck into the tournament off the strength of a really, really strong non-conference run. The Sooners were 12-1 and in non-conference play. Top 10 team in the country, right? They looked really good. And then things have come crashing back to earth in a major way in conference play. So if you can't win the games that you objectively, unambiguously ought to win, i.e. Oklahoma State this weekend, then it's going to be very, very hard to convince anybody, most of all your fan base, come mid-March, 
that you were a serious contender to make anything happen in the tournament? T. Rose said this morning, unless I was dreaming, he said, you know, it feels like Oklahoma needs to win this game and they're not getting in. He, I think he made that. I think he said really? that was his prediction. If they don't win this weekend, they're, they're not getting in. Now, T. Rowe, let me know if I'm misquoting you because, you know, it was like very early in the morning. Well, I'd already been up 90 minutes. But still, um, it would be tough. And, again, if the Sooners don't make the tournament as much as a lot, you know, if you're around Porter Moser and you guys are around him a lot more than I've interviewed him sure. like twice. But he was great. Super, super cool. Um, but, man, well, I don't know, Parker. I don't. Three Here's the years? Thing. Here's the thing, Steely. I'm not saying they if should, you don't... but I'm just saying it. it is a likely scenario. I would go 60-40 that he wouldn't be back. Well, here's what I think you can say. If the Sooners don't win a game in the tournament this year, if all you do is get to the field mm-hmm. of 68 and go nowhere further, then I think what you can say and there can be little argument to the contrary, is that expectations have not been met through three years. Missed the tournament in year one, missed the tournament in year two, one and done in year three. Yeah, that's not good enough. And if they, But I'm talking about if they don't make the tournament. Now, well, here's if they don't make way. the tournament. The other deal is, let's say they lose this weekend and maybe they, they beat Cincinnati and you're 7-11 and 11 in the league, all right? Then you've got to go win a game maybe two to get in, in in my opinion. Again, maybe, you know, they just missed out the last time they were 7-11. But if they don't make it to the big dance, that's very problematic for Porter. and look, I am an advocate for patience, especially with a guy that has Porter's resume. And so what I am not saying is fire Porter Moser if they don't make the tournament or fire Porter Moser if they're one and done in the tournament. But I think for the first time, You can set nuance and opinion and subjectivity aside and look at what Oklahoma basketball will have accomplished through three years of Porter Moser as head basketball coach, and you can say and should come to the conclusion that expectations have not been met. And here's what's not helping Porter is that he's always got a measuring stick because he came in at the exact same time as Jenny Baranchek did with the women's team. Mm -hmm. What has Jenny Baranchek done? Went to the tournament in year, in year one, won the Big 12 in year two. Here in year three, they're a top 20 program in the nation. Going to be right there in the thick of things for a Big 12 title once again. And so for better or worse, I obviously, if this season ends like I think it will, which is a loss in the round of 64, obviously what you can say about Porter is that his teams haven't lived up to expectations through the first three years of his tenure. But also, I think those shortcomings are amplified because he and Jenny Baranchek are always going to be compared to one another because Josie brought them on in the same offseason. So anything that Porter does, well, you're going to hold it up alongside what Jenny has done. And Jenny's program, in every sense, by every measure, has outpaced Porter's through three years. What would you rather watch, a uh, live feed of a city council meeting or a continuous loop of OU's half-court basketball execution? (laughs) I would rather watch basketball, but 
I, I mean, some of those city council meetings, you get a couple rednecks in there. It could be entertaining. But, yeah, it's, you know, they got to turn people over. And can they, you know, they, they did execute in the half court pretty well in the first half. But for the most part, it is excruciating to watch when they get in the half court um, offense. So, again, we'll see what happens at Stillwater this weekend. Let's get one in real quick. Reno Goat says, my problem is that through almost three years, Porter's teams don't have an identity. Also, there is very little development of the younger players. I I don't 100% agree. Now, I, I will say, your point about the identity is a solid one. This team has not really had an identity in any of the last three seasons. I disagree that there hasn't been any development of the younger players because – Milo Suzanne and Otega Owe are starters for this for this team. Those were guys that Porter recruited. Those are true sophomores. Those, in the grand scheme of things, are younger players. And obviously, Luke Northweather is not ready yet. We have seen that. And obviously, Porter's last-second take at the beginning of his very first recruiting cycle, Alston Mason, uh, he didn't pan out. I don't even know where he's at offhand. Yeah, but, I'm, I forgot the name, actually. But, yeah, I think it's too soon to draw that conclusion. And I think what is encouraging to you, uh, if you're looking for the bright side in all of this, is that Yuzan and Owe have really panned out. Those two guys have done wonders for OU. All right, let's break right here. 405-651-3439. Ken Meyer, Chevrolet Text Line. We appreciate them very much and appreciate all the texts as well. When we get back, T.J. Ecker will join us. We'll talk college basketball. We'll jump into some college football as well. His take on, he's a big golf guy, Tiger. We didn't even get through the second round at the Genesis Invitational last week. Apparently, that In-N-Out burger caused some issues. Tiger got sick. All right, but we'll talk to T.J. Ecker when we get back on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Stay with us here on The Ref. We are back. T.J. Ecker joins us. Big-time TV star in Tulsa. Joining us on the uh, Riverwind Casino Hotline on this Wednesday edition of Steel Man and Thune. T.J., how you doing? We're good. Um, just trying to uh, figure out if Charlie Woods is going to make it into the uh, the Honda or the Cognizant, whatever it's called. Now. Oh, I don't please. Know if you saw that or not. I did. And uh, our, our man Tiger last week, I don't know if it was the In-N-Out Burger or what, but <laughs> he wasn't feeling well at first. We thought, oh, no, they're carting Tiger off. It's another injury. But apparently it was an illness um, of some kind. But that's not what we wanted to see, right? No, well, and, and to your point, I, I think we all thought, oh, it's the back. He did something to the back again. You know, it, it, he came back too soon. And if it's truly an illness, I think we feel much, much better about that. Yeah. But uh, I, I will add, uh, you know, I, I don't frequent In-N-Out. We don't have any here. But when I go down to the DFW area, I, I go every time. And I have not gotten sick from it. So I, I don't want to – let's not slander In-N-Out just yet. Yeah, no In-N-Out slander will be tolerated here. But watching watching Tiger have to – draw from event after event guys it makes me it makes me think about playing monopoly with my sister growing up she was the worst because she'd always quit mid-game and then every time we get together to play again she'd be like no no no! i'll make it through this time i'll make it through i'll play to the end and then inevitably she'd end up quitting again unfortunately that's what it's become for tiger just seems like he can't get through four straight rounds but tj a big basketball matchup coming this weekend bedlam at gallagher iba 
obviously Oklahoma State's tournament hopes are shot. Only a magical run to a Big 12 title is going to get them in the field of 68. And uh, probably one way or another, Mike Boynton is through at the end of the year. But Oklahoma uh, still has life, more than life, obviously. They're solidly in the field of 68. Now that has plenty of potential to change down the stretch. But uh, coming off that loss to Kansas, what does Oklahoma need to do differently this weekend in a hostile road environment and one where they've certainly had their ups and downs in recent years to be able to get this thing back on track? Yeah, it kind of feels like Parker were, were a broken record when it comes to what, what, what needs to happen. And it's just some form of, of offensive consistency. You know, they, they looked great in the first half. You know, the ball was moving, shots were falling, and, and when shots fall, it's, you know, not to go back to the golf analogy, but it's similar to you could be hitting it all over the yard, and then when you make a putt or two, it feels like your round's going pretty good. And that maybe that's what we were given in the first half against Kansas was some fool's gold. Like, you know, maybe, maybe the offense wasn't really flowing that great, but shots were, were dropping, so it kind of covered up some of the some of the ugly wounds. I don't know, but first first and foremost, they need to be healthy. They need to get they need to get Rivaldo Torres back. John Hugley needs to be back. Um, you know, I, I think we mentioned last week that. JV McCollum and Otega Owe were a little hobbled coming out of, of last week, and they looked fine uh, against Kansas. But the break will be good to get those guys healthy. That, that'll that be step one, get those guys healthy. Uh, and step two is just find some form of offensive consistency, whether that's continuing to rely on JV McCollum to play well like he did uh, against Kansas, or or it's it's some more production off the bench, which they didn't have with Hughley and Soares out. But that, that I think all those things go hand-in-hand. Hand. If you can be healthy – and get a little production off the bench, the offense should be enough to win in Stillwater. We've all opened a round with three or four straight pars and then fallen victim to a triple bogey Me? and then a quad. There you go. Yeah, I'm a three or four straight bogeys probably, and then maybe one par <laughs> down the road. But, yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, we've been talking about you know the NIL culture now in college athletics. How much does tradition really mean to kids these days? And do you think if it still means something that that's just going to fall by the wayside over the next several years when it's more about, I don't care how many championships or Heisman you have, you know, on display here, how much are you going to pay me? What do you think is going to win out in the end? Yeah, I think to some extent that tradition or the winning will, will still carry some weight. Like I don't like if, if Indiana all of a sudden just has like, the most outrageous NIL collective ever, and they're able to just bring in a ton of dollars and and entice kids to come that way. Like like that would probably be the like that. That was just a random example, but I still think like your breadwinners are still going to be the ones who, who who carry the weight in terms of the guys who have consistently won. Uh, I, I don't I don't see outside of maybe a couple outliers, at least in the in the short term coming in and, and swooping in and stealing a bunch of kids just because they have the most money in the bank, like at, at least right now. Now, to your point, you're asking down the road. It could certainly happen, especially, you know, with how much money's being pumped into the sport. It's it's certainly plausible that, you know, Colorado's not a great example because Deion Sanders is, is an effective recruiter in his own right outside of the fact they have a lot of money they're bringing in too. But it still feels like the – the same four, five, six, seven teams that have kind of ruled college football for the better part of the past few decades will continue to, to be there because kids, I think, still want to be successful and play for a successful program. And they're, you're going to get those 
strays here and there that want to go make the most money. But at the end of the day, I think people want to go to a winner, at least in the short term. Now, with how much the sport's changing, that could certainly that could certainly you know alter things coming up in you know ten years. Maybe it's maybe it doesn't matter how good you are; it just matters how, you know how much money can you give me, uh, and, and we'll go there. But for now, I think it's still going to be those blue bloods that still tend to to win and win in recruiting battles too. TJ, I remember this time a year ago, the conversation as we prepared for Mars Madness was it really feels like it's anybody's game going into mm. the tournament. And obviously uh, that turned into a reality. We had a three seed in UConn face off with, I believe, a five or maybe a six seed in San Diego State in the national title mm. game. A lot of chaos. Florida Atlantic made the four, final four as a nine seed. So if chaos is what you're in it for, I think last year's tournament delivered in spades kind of feels similar this year. I mean, heck, UConn felt like the one team that had elevated above everybody else. And then Creighton took them to the woodshed last night up in Omaha. So uh, what's your evaluation of where things stand in terms of overall parity in college basketball as we get ready uh, to find out who's going to occupy the field of 68? Yeah, I totally agree with you. It it feels like there's not one just, true team that you're like, yep, that's that's your your outright favorite for a national title. Like, again, UConn looked like maybe they were that team, and, and they proved that going on the road and winning is, is hard in any league. And so I, I, I agree that that's not – you can't say, like, that's my heavy odds-on favorite. That's who everybody is going to be putting in their bracket to win. Purdue is up there again, and you just – you everybody should be gun-shy for picking <laughs> Purdue to win anything at this point. So – that's that's another one I would keep an eye on. That's like you know, if that's one of your favorites, and I think the field's wide open. Kansas, I think, has proven to be a, a pretty talented team. They're not deep. How does that affect them when March comes? I think Houston is a really good team. The Big Twelve, at least in years past, has had success in the tournament, but it's I I've kind of gotten the impression, and I don't know how accurate this is, but how hard the Big Twelve is week in and week out. I think these teams get exhausted by the time they get to the tournament. And and I would you could say that the Big 12 as a whole is maybe underperformed just a little bit in March Madness. And I, you could probably attribute a lot of that to the fact that it beat up for two, three months trying to play in conference. So, uh, yeah, to your point, I think it, I think there's a ton of parity and, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of brackets that are busted whenever March rolls around. You, uh, you and Kevin Wilson getting along still, right? Everything's good there? We're good. Yeah, everything's good. We haven't played golf yet. We're still working on that, though. There you go. I, I bet Kevin Wilson's pretty decent. I bet he's pretty decent. I think, he, I think he would be. Who is your golf rival there, by the way? Do you have a golf immediate? I, I hear Holcomb's pretty good. Um, uh, I, You know what? I did just play with John uh, last week, actually. We had a great time. Uh, I would say there's a couple of the other, uh, you know, Sports guys here in town, uh, just some names, Dan Lindblad and Spencer Tillis. We play together at Channel 2 and Fox 23. We play together a lot. So, not about a rival. We don't have any, you know, there's no fisticuffs or anything like that. But, uh, you know, some good some good matches to be had. There you go. All right, TJ, always great catching, uh, catching up with you. We appreciate your time as usual. We'll do it again soon. Thanks. Yep. You bet. Look forward to it, guys. Thanks. T.J. Eckerd, ladies and gentlemen, joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. And speaking of Riverwind, this Friday and Saturday, the final drawings for some great promotions out at Riverwind Casino. On Friday, we are looking at the 80K Leap into Love final drawings, $80,000 in cash and bonus play up for grabs again Friday night in this great promotion out at Riverwind. And then Saturday night, we have the final hot seat drawings for the 60K Cupid's Mad Dash promotion 
That's going to be happening again. Get out there. They're calling out three winners every uh, half hour, so a bunch of winners going to share a bunch of cash and bonus play. We have a concert coming up at the Showplace Theater this weekend as well. Uh, Scotty McCreary coming up this weekend, and once again, shows are back at the Showplace. People are excited about that because uh, if you haven't been out there, it's a great venue to see a show out at the Showplace Theater. Um, Really not a bad seat in the house. They've got everything you need nearby, concessions, uh, whatever beverage you're looking for, they've got it there at Riverwind. It's just a it's a cool place to see a show if you haven't been out there. Uh, you need to get out there and check out not only, you know, these great shows, but also the uh, newly redesigned gaming floor as well out at Riverwind Casino. It is real. It is spectacular. Scotty McCreary coming up again on Friday nights at the Showplace Theater with Beats and Bites to come late spring through the summer. Can't wait to get out there to Riverwind and talk more about it coming up on Friday. All right, take a quick break right here. One more segment to go. Steelman and Thune, Wednesday edition right here on The Ref. All right, back to close it out here for us on a Wednesday tomorrow at Caven's Group with Gary, Amanda, and the crew out there. And uh, then we will be at, of course, the one, the only Riverwind Casino with Justin Reed, Alicia, all the cool people out there. Can't wait. As Bart Scott once said, can't wait for both of these remotes coming up. Can you pull up, Parker, the uh, Maggie Nichols clip, by the way? Sure. Sorry, I was going to tell you during the break, and I forgot. Maggie Nichols was on with Plank uh, earlier this morning. She has a book out called Unstoppable, My Journey from World Champion to Athlete A to eight-time NCAA uh, Gymnastics Champion and Beyond. Now, Oklahoma hosting West Virginia, uh, K.J. Kindler and company, Friday night, 645 at the Lloyd Noble Center. And, of course, they are having an unbelievable year, as they always do under KJ. But Maggie Nichols will be there signing some copies of her book. You get to meet and greet there and all of that. Maggie's a super impressive young lady and really a historical figure. Without Maggie Nichols, Larry Nasser might very well still be doing his evil stuff instead of being incarcerated. But... Maggie Nichols had the courage to step forward and to be really the first, for lack of a better term, whistleblower in a deal. And it changed the course of uh, gymnastics for the better, obviously. Here is what Maggie said uh, to Plank earlier this morning about writing about that tough time, that tough chapter in her life. Reliving a lot of those challenging times was very difficult, but... In the back of my mind, I just knew that this was going to help other people. It was going to educate others. So sharing that those hard times and those dark times in my life was very important for me. So even though it was difficult, it was um, I just knew that it was going to help others. And then also, um, you know, maybe others could relate to my story and learn how I overcame in a positive manner and things like that. So that kind of, um, you know, helped me through that. There you go. Maggie Nichols again will be making an appearance uh, for the Sooner Women's Meet uh, with West Virginia on Friday, 645 at the Lloyd Noble Center. And she really is a uh, – not only does she have a great track record in uh, USA Gymnastics and World Gymnastics, but a historical figure in that sport as well for her speaking up. You know, uh, maybe like the Rosa Parks of gymnastics. I mean, gymnastics is a much smaller but, – but you know what I mean. Somebody had to say, you know what, 
uh-huh. not taking this, not standing for it. And she did that. So, anyway, she's a very impressive uh, young lady if you've ever met her. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. <laughs> Mrs. Love says, I went to Dallas for a soccer tournament. I spent the entire weekend with a horrific stomach illness after eating in and out. I will never eat there again. Thankfully, my son just got his driver's license and could drive himself to his games while I was deathly ill in the hotel room. Yeah, look, I... I'm an in-and-out guy. I like in-and-out, but Mrs. Love, I'm not going to try to change your mind because I know as well mm-hmm. as anyone that you have a food poisoning experience oh, yeah. with a particular food or a particular restaurant. You just can't stomach it anymore. You cannot. The uh, I Not that I was a big Olive Garden fan, but, you know, the salad and breadsticks can be pretty good, right? I'm not saying they have the best Italian cuisine anywhere. Yeah, you go to Olive Garden for the unlimited breadsticks. That's right. But I haven't been to Olive Garden since Shay and I started dating and eventually got married. So that's been well over a decade now. Because at one point in her Olive Garden career, Shay, in the giant salad bowl, there was a tiny little bitty frog in there. In the salad. A frog. A tiny frog, yes. So. Like F-R-O-G, frog, as in the, the amphibian. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. So she will not step foot in there. So, I don't know. Because I would like to have some salad and breadsticks maybe at What do you point. do in that moment? I you know. just tell the waitress, hey, there's a frog in my food? <laughs> <laughs> like, really? Yep. I don't know. Do you catch the frog? You have to. Oh, it was alive? It was. Oh, yeah. I think it was alive based on the way she told it. Holy smokes. I know. What is what are we getting a political tweet for? I don't know. Oh, people geez. people text political things all the time. It is what it is. Ferris from Hong Kong heard my sister's story and said, "Is this an open forum now to throw your sister in front of a stray?" Because I'm in. Let's hear it, Ferris. <laughs> Let's hear it. Have uh, you ever had a bad restaurant experience like that? Oh that, yeah. Like it, well, no frog in the salad or anything, though, right? No frog in the salad. I've had food poisoning once. It was after I ate at P.F. Chang's. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'd eaten at P.F. Chang's several times in my lifetime. But after this particular time, I just, oh, man, violently, violently ill. And food poisoning is not fun. Oh, my goodness. It's the worst. It was, And thankfully, you know, like once, once you get it all out. You become the Rodan statue, the thinker, pretty much, right? <laughs> Just in that position. Uh, but once, like, once you get it all out, at least in my experience, I like I was good after that. But it was the process of getting it all out that was just, oh man, yeah, I don't. Not a fun that. process, no, at all. Well, anyway, okay, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine, Chevrolet text line. A listener in the 402 says, hey, Parker, here's your game changer. Hawaiian Bros opening in Omaha. Love that. Omaha is, when I tell you it is the last place on earth to get some very popular restaurants, I mean, like, we didn't have a Chick-fil-A, Steely, until I was a sophomore in high school. I thought Omaha was starting to get a little more progressive. They've got a great zoo in the College World Series, right? 
Don't be careful using a word like progressive. Otherwise, well, we're going to yeah, get plenty sure, more yeah. political. Hey, right, I'm turning the channel right now. I heard it right there. Uh, I will say this, and I know Dylan Gabriel, who is an authority on this matter, agrees with me. Mobetas is superior to Hawaiian Bros. And there's a Mobetas in Norman, mm. which makes life very convenient. There is, yeah. Right out there, it's not too far from the uh, Young Family Athletic Center, right? No, not far at all. So there you go. All right, we got to get out of here. want to thank our friends at Riverwind Casino. We'll be out there on Friday. Scotty McCreary and concerts at the Showplace Theater coming up on Friday night. Big drawings happening as well, Friday and Saturday out at Riverwind. Make sure you get out there. You know what? You deserve some cash and bonus play, right? Of course you do. So get on out there. There are a lot of winners every Friday night and Saturday night at Riverwind for these drawings. Why not you? All right. Let's get locked in. Coming up next, everybody have a wonderful Wednesday.